Wait a second. You you weren't prepared for this? Well, I don't. No, I was, I was just watching. And I, I didn't like typing a bunch. Of uh, it's, all, it's all good. It, it does make life easier, right? Hey, hello and welcome everyone to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted source for all things Ashes of Creation. I'm your host, Phoenix, a.k.a. Smorg, and I'd like to welcome back my Pathfinders. They're here. Daedalus, welcome back, buddy. What up, everyone? And Faisal. Hey, all. <laughs> and Wondering Miss, welcome back. Hello, hello, everybody. Good evening. All good right. morning. Good afternoon. As Whatever it were. time it is. Sometimes I, I'm telling you, man, this past week, I, uh, I don't even know what day it is. And most of the time, I'm lucky if I know what time it is. So if you were sitting there tapping your watch and chat waiting, <laughs> I'd say sorry, but I'm really not. I'm really not. But man, I got to I got to give a shout out real quick. Uh, we had a couple of patrons over on Patreon.com supporting the show. Uh, so Heather, thanks for uh, dropping your subscription there. And also, um, yeah, most recent Chaos Morn. It was actually an old time guildie who has been gone for a while. He was stationed, uh, got back and is kind of back at it. So welcome back, everybody. And uh, man, to all of the newcomers to the Ashes of Creation community, just a really big welcome for me. And I know to everybody else here, I'm sure you all would probably resonate that as well. Um, it's been uh, madness. It's actually been madness this past week. I'm not going to lie. I uh Usually I do a kind of stream where I jump on and I chat with people a couple, like two times a week, maybe aside from the Pathfinder show. And a lot of people know about that. We, um, we basically hop on, we do some patch Pathfinder notes, prepare for the show. And, uh, you know, I said it last Sunday when we did the show, right? We didn't have a whole lot of time to actually dig in and talk about the points from some one G in that discussion. The Asmongold discussion was the same day of our last show. Um, and then Steven also did a, um, another Q&A in Discord, and then he followed it up yesterday with an AMA on Reddit, and that was just lit. And um, so the, you know, the traffic, if you will, the attention, I mean, it's gone viral. Ashes has gone viral. There's no if, ands, mm -hmm. or buts around it. So uh, all of the MMO community that may not have known about it before, that word of mouth, man, it's traveling. The word traveling real fast. Yeah, the word of the sandal lord, such as it is. <laughs> oh, Steven's been out there, man. He has been on it and he has rocked it. He really has rocked it. And you yes. know, he's not just done right by this community. I think he's done he's doing great by the MMO community and it shows. You know, I go on to uh you know Twitter or I go and look on, you know, on sometimes I check the Discord in my abundant spare time. Yeah. And Everything I check, man, the excitement, it's just overwhelming. It just doesn't stop. And here on the streams, it's been nonstop. I've made it every day talking about Ashes this week just because there are people there who want to do that. There are people there that want to talk about it. And that's awesome. Um, man, I don't know, man. So, you know, with that being said, there's been a lot of conversation on the YouTube videos. Uh, the show itself here on iTunes and Spotify, the I mean, it's boosted. So to all of you that listen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Gentlemen, I have a curious question. What stood out this week for you the most? What did you notice that really stood out for you? 
Honestly, I think the hustle, and we talked about it the last week, mm-hmm. but it just it feels very, very, very much like when the hype was really starting through the Kickstarter and the energy, mm-hmm. you know, feels like it's there. And the momentum, I mean, I think, you know, already been talked about it in chat, but, you know, Lazy Peon, you know, set off, a, you know, a real strong showing for Ashes of Creation and the community has really exploded since that, you know, one event, you know, and Steven capitalized on that, which is, is excellent because the game needed, you know, needed to come out of the shadows. It needed that positive press. And I think it's definitely, uh, it's definitely showing the hard work. Yeah, right and there. what I, what I really like about it is that they showed us Apple one footage. And after that Apple one footage, or let's, let's be more specific pre alpha footage. So people don't misuse that. And, uh, what's it called? And they, and it showed a lot of the promises of what Steven said, like about the MMORPG gameplay, about mm-hmm. uh, how Kazuchi sieges and how nodes work, all all of these things. So I think it was like the right time to do so. Like it, it happened and it happened right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy, agreed. By you though, it's, man, missed. It's yeah. I mean, my week is being filled with answering questions Mm -hmm. the ashes discord has been going mental and (laughs) i've spent more hours than i can think just in literally just in the question and answer channel just answering questions over and over and over it's been insane um but what one thing that i really liked about steven's ma was what he said right at the end where he literally said straight out i want you as the community to give us feedback and we will be listening and the community is really taking this to heart the forums have been going mental uh particularly on a few select topics which we'll be going into later Mm -hmm. and i think we all know which those topics are but he's and all credit to Stephen. he's there's been some a lot of discussion over those topics, and then Stephen comes out and says, "Yes, absolutely, I agree. We are going to be discussing this more, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So I think anyone who didn't believe in him before is definitely going to believe in him now that he's said this whole thing about the feedback and responding to the feedback. I think that's really, really important, and just another string in his bow when it comes to uh, gaining the players' confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you what my highlight is, man, is among all the discussions, and there's been a lot of them this week for me, man. No, no joke. I have talked countless hours over those days. Every day since Sunday, it didn't stop for me. I would log on, I'd be on, I'd be like, okay, I'm only only planning on doing a couple hours, and then I gotta go work on this. And people are like, Cool, Sim, cool story. That's a cool story. The people that know me the best, they said that. And they were right because I'd end up being here like three hours and I'm sitting there going, I'm so tired, man. But they were good. They were good discussions. A lot of brand new people coming to the community. Uh, a lot of them having concerns. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I think that was probably the best thing that I heard Steven say, you know, as somebody who's in the position he's in was telling and just resonating one of the things that I've said for like two years. Like if you if you're 
hesitant, if you don't, if you've been burned, you know, and you just want to give it a minute, you can, I mean, there's nothing that says that you've got to, you've got to like pre-order right now. I mean, it's an option. You can do that. You're not pre-ordering the game. The game has no box cost, right? Like those pre-order packs are, are literally packs. They give you like access ahead of time. If you want to test, you know, during particular testing phases, right? But the thing he was like, Hey, you're not sure, man, if you don't, you know, if you're, if you're a little hesitant, then there's nothing that says you can't just wait till the game launches and subscribe and check it out, you know, immerse yourself for a month and kind of make your own decision. And that was great. That was great to hear. But the conversations have been like amazing. Honestly, I've had some really good conversations. Um, some of the conversations have just kind of given me uh, some thought, you know, in, in terms of like as a theory crafter, I've had the opportunity and you guys know I love my theory crafting and I've had the opportunity to to theory craft like mad. Of course, uh, Mist and I, we know Mist, he's he's also on another podcast called Looking for More that I do uh, that we that I host rather that we we do on Thursdays. And, uh, you know, we a couple of our party members weren't around for that one, but we we actually sat here on the Ashes channel and just a lot of it was focused on Ashes, much like other episodes there have been focused on other games and some of the hype that was going on in those games at the time. But yeah, it was just, dude, that was, oh man. And it just, I want to say just for me to everybody that's been supportive, whether you've been around this community for a long time, whether we're talking Ashes here in the community, you know, that I kind of am working to help foster uh, specifically or, or, you know, if you've just been around, like you guys have like seriously shown me uh, personally, some of the just, I've gotten help with from people on working on my own content lately, uh, helping me with Discord, some of the projects I, I have coming up that are actually going to be really great for Ashes, I think. Uh, and I've just had like so much like an outpouring of like love to this channel and to just this place. And I just want to say bottom of my heart. Thank you. It's it's really been just like crazy supportive and it means a lot to me. So that being said, I'm not gonna be all mushy. You know, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to kind of uh, mirror what we already did said. that on Thursday. Yeah, we did. We, already, we, we had did. The mush. If, for those of you who were here, it got. Yeah. <laughs> Sim got a little bit emotional, but in a good way, and it was fine. Yeah, I was like, I was sitting there going, "Ah, oh, shit, shit." All right, all right. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna show a little love. You guys are like freaking. Oh, dude, I think I appreciate it. But Woodchip was saying, "How's Steven gonna top this week, man? How's he gonna top this week? It's been, it's been. Wow, man." I mean, the hustle is real. He has been on it. I mean, he rocked it, dude. What a rock star. No, mm -hmm. no BS, man. He <laughs> rocked it. And, uh, but yeah, you know, one of the things that I've heard a couple of times from people is, well, this was a lot of hype. That's a lot of eyes. How do we keep this momentum going? What are your thoughts? What would you even recommend? Sidestep. There's that. What would you also recommend to the community members that are new if you wanted to encourage them on what to be engaged in? So for the community members, I think definitely engage in the Discord and the forums. One thing I will say, just this is going to sound a little bit of a downer moment, but there have been quite a lot of um, discussions on the forums and for the for the new people i i wrote this on the forms as well but i'll i'll say it here there's been 
um, quite a, pe- a lot of people coming in displaying their, their thoughts and the feelings on various systems. One thing I will say, and one thing I want uh, the new guys to keep in mind is that there have been some people here who've been following this game for three, maybe four years, which means, and we have discussed all the systems over and over and over. There were literally hundreds of uh, pages of forum Mm -hmm. uh, threads on various topics. So if the people on the forums come off as a bit kind of standoffish or dismissive of your Mm -hmm. ideas and worries, it's usually because we've discussed these topics to death and we've basically said all that needs to be said about them already. So just keep that in mind. Have a little... Um, I, th- I think we need to have, not just for the newcomers, but also the veterans. I think bo- on both sides, mm. there needs to be a bit of um, uh, understanding of uh, each other's position on that mm-hmm. um anyway that's my little down a moment we can carry on <laughs> I, think, I mean i don't know i'd say that's a pretty good way to kind of reframe put things into perspective we talk about perspective a lot here on the show i think anyway i uh, definitely think that's a good perspective to have like you know for for a lot of us we sometimes because we've been around some of us have been around a long time i think sometimes we forget that there are people that <laughs> i'm actually going to reflect on something that people in chat have said this week a lot of the people that are newer that to a new person coming in, they find it very overwhelming trying to find yes. out where to start that, that I've heard that multiple times. And so I of course recommend, you know, go to the wiki. And my, my suggestion is, you know, you can go and you can chat on the discord. People are actually really good. There's a whole question area on discord there and you can actually jump in there and you can ask the question. And a lot of people will give you an answer pretty frequently. Um, yeah. So I we, think I, we've been checking yeah. the Sison. We've been checking the, um the question and answer channel religiously like there was always somebody in there with the knowledge ask a question it will be answered and if it's not answered or if we don't know then we will simply say we don't know the answer we haven't been told that yet and we will usually give you links to the wiki along with it so yeah 100 (laughs) percent What's it called? I would I would actually recommend two people when it comes to to information. I would always look at Chase and Jaylon. Mm-hmm. These two people have been mm-hmm. backtracking literally everything. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you're a really new person who's just about to enter the world of Ashes, go to Jaylon. He's made a new video called I think Ashes One Hundred and One. He will explain yeah. like the majority of information for newcomers yeah um after every live stream that happens from ashes of creation or every post that happens with new information chase likes to backlog that to his website mm-hmm. i forgot what it's called ashes um post. yeah ashes post you can find a lot of information there they're really good dudes if you talk to them on discord they are more than willing to help you guys um Maggie and Toast as well, if you talk to them, they'll also answer. If they don't, usually because it's the amount of messages <laughs> that uh, people send them. So, yeah. Um, just be open-minded because, as Miss said, there's a lot of people who have been following the game for more than, like, for three years now. And they're all lovely people. They're all nice people. And they're willing to help. But some people might get a little bit frustrated mm. not thinking that you're a newcomer. 
So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I always say go to the wiki, and if you just want to start somewhere, like one of the things I've always always recommended is the thing about a, a place like the wiki, or if you even if you do Ashes One Hundred One, any place that's got like a catalog of information covering the game, you can go and you can just pick a spot, you know, pick one thing, almost like a tab or a bullet point and go through and kind of work on that. Then you can pick the next thing. If you try to look at it all and learn it all, all at once, it tends to be really overwhelming. So a little bit at a time, you'll, you'll find pretty quickly that you can acclimate to, to gaining all that information relatively quickly, just a little bit at a time. Um, so now over the past week, I was, I've been, I've got, homies here and both my guild virtue or here within the crusader community the pathfinder peeps we've got a lot of us here who (laughs) (laughs) sorry the true rev's like hey sim you should uh post steven the phone number and have him call in on your show well that that would be so hype that'd be hilarious right (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you can call in and you can leave a message uh, at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one, I'm gonna go ahead and just let everybody know if you want to follow this show Twitter, it's at Ashes Pathfinder, and that's on Twitter. And you can leave us mail at Ashes Pathfinders at Gmail, uh, or you can uh, catch us here live or on uh, what Sunday five PM CDT. Can also uh, it usually goes up in audio format on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Podbean by the end of the night in mp3 format and of course tomorrow you gotta wait like 24 hours to get it as a vod but it's usually there but yeah these uh the phone you can call in you can leave a message you can talk about what you like you can talk about you know shout outs to people on the show shout out to the studio whatever man you can show anybody in the ashes fam love and and kind of drop a line let us know and you know if you leave an audio uh mail like that i will play it as long obviously i'll be screening that because people like to get a little cray but I'll check it out <laughs> and we'll, oh, you know, a lot of love from the ashes fam. You can also join the discord here. We have a uh, channels here, uh, uh, specific to this actual show. And that's just discord.gg forward slash simorg, my name. Uh, but let's get on with it. Okay. Let's talk about some of the week. So yeah, we've talked a little bit about some of the ways people can be engaged. Why don't we just jump into the topic, the main topic. It's been the heated one, I guess, since yesterday, and I know that uh, Mist, you kind of want to take the lead, at least with a little bit of perspective on this, and we'll all jump on in and kind of dig into it. But I, I do want to go on ahead and read the question. Now, I'm going to preface some of our conversation points for today, specifically uh, around these Q&A pieces. Now, in terms of like the past uh, week or so of content that's come from Summit's channel, the Discord Q&A, the AMA, and uh, Asbon stuff. We're gonna, I'm gonna catalog that, break that down into some of the design pillar areas and focus uh, those specific points for future discussions as we have on the show. We have a lot of filler weeks sometimes, so we'll kind of get to that over time. Also, um, actually, no, I'm gonna leave it at that. So let's go into this. So the question was, is multi-boxing allowed in AOC? It might be considered a pay-to-win picture. And... So the answer was, I see both sides of the coin. I do want to clarify that there will be absolutely no pay to win in Ashes of Creation purchasable. I've been burned in the past when playing MMORPGs where there are game mechanic influencing items. For example, very early on in a game I played, there was a resource that was farmed in farms, illegal farms, where the resource could be struck by lightning and become, I know exactly what this is, a rare resource. This particular resource was a gateway to tractors and other special items. 
So this item had a high value due to its rarity. The game creators then added an item in the pay shop, which was a seedling with a higher chance of proccing. So it was completely destabilizing of the market, flooded it, destroying the economical balance. This is one example. Also consider pay to convenience like inventory items or slot spaces an advantage. With regards to multiple accounts and multiboxing, it could be considered as pay to win since you can progress on two characters and gift the progress to another one. Multiboxing will be allowed in AOC, but there are some restrictions. For example, the freehold system is tied to an account. It's not like other games where each character can have multiple properties. Additionally, it's very difficult to enforce restrictions on multiboxing like IP restrictions, but there are there's families and roommates that play together. Now I've got some ideas on this, but missed. Yeah. Okay. So the whole multi-boxing issue, I think it's important to understand the difference between multi-boxing and botting or scripting because they're two different things. They, they can be different. So multi-boxing is literally a single person playing two characters or accounts at the same time and this can be done a number of different ways one of which is with botting and scripts but you can just not as easily but you can literally have two computers set up side by side and two characters working from just one person that is multi-boxing yeah that is absolutely fine yep and steven's point is that if you are doing that, so if you've got two computers side by side and you're playing both characters normally, then in that term of multi-boxing, that is fine in his eyes because it is very hard. I mean, if anyone's actually tried to do it, even using a virtual virtual machine, so you play two accounts on the single machine, it is incredibly difficult. Botting, on the other hand, or some kind of script automation is where, and you've seen this probably in WoW, where you have maybe four of a, a same class and this, and you've set it up so that you press one button and it uses abilities with all four of those characters. That is botting, and that is not going to happen in Ashes. So anyone saying that he's allowing botting, is that is just flat out wrong. Botting in ashes will be punished and will be unacceptable by the devs and by the community so with all of that aside here's the main issue with if we assume that all botting and all scripting and all automation is going to be banned that just leaves the the normal uh multi-botting right if that's the case if uh, let's say that's that's in the game and let's say that um intrepid want to get rid of multi-botting how do they do it how do they do it without also screwing over people that are in uh the same household that have uh say you've got two people in the same household who each have their own account you can't and that's that's the thing if you could if you could get rid of multi-botting without also screwing over those multi uh, person households i'd be all for it but until somebody comes up with a solution to that particular problem i say i'm with steven let multi-botting happen if that's what people want to do as long as they're not using scripts or bots to do it so mist yeah, yeah, me... uh 
multi-boxing, not multi-boxing. Sorry, yeah, blah. Mixing up my words. <laughs> Passion, so you're man. challenging me. You're challenging me to play with my feet and hands blindfolded. Challenge accepted. Hey, if you can do it, I say you have well earned your advantage in the game by having two characters like that. Hot take, man. Um, but yeah, so I, I misspoke. Multi-boxing, not multi-botting. I don't know where I got multi-botting from. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what, what do the rest of you think? Now that we've got the dis distinction out of the way. Man, it's it's a slippery slope, man, because I think there's there's like the technical side to it. And then there's also like the more emotional side that people on a, the player base would have. And I think back to like, oh, man, you think about people. <laughs> I just referenced World of Warcraft. And uh, I remember uh, on my server, there was somebody that literally sat back and he would like, uh, was he a horde? I'm trying to remember. I feel like it was, it's been ages, man. It's been a couple years now. But anyway, he he had like a raid group of characters. Yeah, he was Horde. And it was on, I think it was on Darkspear, actually, because I think that's where I have my two traitorous characters, my Alliance characters in that game, such as it is. But there, I think I was in the, on that server, and I remember this guy was like, he was literally just camped out in like Stormwind. And he was, he ran through there and was wrecking stuff. And he actually was streaming it, too. Um, and so, I mean, you know, I think in some situations, if you got that happening and you got people that are maybe getting griefed or something like, like that's kind of where it starts to get a little different Then they maybe come in and, and, and they go and they raid the bosses in the, the, the Alliance capital cities for their achievement for fun. And they showcase it. I don't really necessarily have a problem with it. And the reason I don't have a problem with it is because you can form a raid group and take them out. It's usually it's usually not too difficult to like, you know, kind of snuff that out if they're actually causing problems like that. Um, but I think the, the mother quote, the point I'm making though, is like from a lot of people, they don't really, they, they feel like it's unfair. Um, and there's kind of like maybe that element of like hurt feelings or just not feeling like uh, it's, it's an even shot in, in terms of someone in the game who's running around like that versus them on their own playing. But I think, I think I see the perspective on both sides um, just to, to segue off of this, uh, there, Steven did post in discord. Um, oh my gosh, what day was that, that today? I, I told you the past 24 hours is like, I don't even know. Is it Sunday? Right. It's Sunday. Okay. Obviously we're doing the show, but it was, <laughs> he had, he actually posted in the ashes announcements and he was basically talking about how this week, um, he's directing the community team to post a discussion thread on the forums. Uh, regarding thoughts around multiboxing. And he said his position is that launching multiple applications on a single computer will be prohibited, but multiboxing from separate computers is acceptable uh, as long as the client uh, that's running is not on any third-party program or macros. However, as I said, community feedback is very important, so we'll be hosting a community discussion next week. That's the point that's you know important. It is like it's not, you know, he's kind of open to feedback on this and like if there's enough people that have a certain perspective and he sees it, uh, you know, you know, that's kind of the important thing. It doesn't really like impact the vision of the game. I think it's kind of one of those things. Again, it's an opinion of mine. Uh, changing something like that doesn't really impact the vision for the game in itself. I think it just impacts more of like opportunities within people in the community to do workarounds for things. What do you think? Uh, that's my perspective. 
long drawn out discussion, but so yeah. go ahead, Miss. I I have a question to the people in the in the chat. I see there's quite a lot of chat going on about this. What is the difference between uh, a situation where you've got one person controlling two characters completely legitimately? Again, we're not talking about bossing here. We're just talking one person controlling two characters versus two people controlling two characters. I mean, we a lot of people are saying it's unfair, it's unfair, but what's the difference? The outcome's the same. You've still got two characters working together. Pretty so... much. I mean, uh, I kind of agree with Steven here. Um, as long as they put the effort in, I think it's fine. If they use any third parties, that's where I think it's not fine because uh, it makes it way easier for them to use botting and other things as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Sim. I think it's a slippery slope. I mean, as long as they're able to do what some programs have done, which is like you can't launch more than one client at a mm -hmm. time on the computer, I mean, that's going to help with that. But I, too, have experienced it, I mean, pretty recently, um, just, you know, five or seven characters controlled, you know, controlled by one person just Irving, right? I could just see something like that happening, right, in Ashes of Creation if we don't kind of have some clear, like, ways to address that um, mm. early on. I mean, I, I think it was said in chat. I don't know who did. I apologize. But um, they did mention that, you know, why, uh, and I guess it, it's good that Stephen did say what he said, but why to really address something mm -hmm. that maybe a small population wants, why would you create such noise over this issue? I mean, I don't have a problem either way with it. If it's kind of like a situation where somebody legitimately has got two computers set up to do it. But the reality is anyone that's multiboxing is going to be using a third party program, right? Mm -hmm. There's third party programs out there and they've been out there for years. Um, and are used in many games, um, you know, MMO related. So I would just say, I mean, I would just caution Steven and Intrepid in allowing this, or at least having it be something that they're okay with, because it's going to be very difficult to enforce unless they have some legitimate technology at their fingertips mm. to be able to detect usage good. of third-party programs. Good point. I wouldn't want, you know, like even like a situation like my wife and I, we play in the same room. We play, you know, many games together. Um, and and I would really, you know, get annoyed if I got flagged because my wife and I were working together in a game that requires us to work together in just because somebody feels slighted because they lost, right? So I, I think that's where it's going to get into a slippery slope with, you know, this multiboxing is how are you really going to be able to tell? And do you have the technology to be able to do it? And why would you just open yourself up to that? Mm. The thing is, as much as much as I commend them for having just a subscription fee for playing the game, it is a very small barrier for people who will try to do scripting, not, sorry, multi-boxing, uh, because, hey, 
it's just like 15 bucks. What's 15 bucks compared to other MMORPGs that make you pay like 60 bucks, then a subscription, then I have to buy stuff inside, <laughs> you know? Is it, Faisal? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> I might have some cash, but I don't have that type of cash. <laughs> I feel like you set it up for me every show, man. I always get one really good moment of giving you a hard time, man. If you all haven't, uh... if you all haven't seen, I'd like to take this moment to to present everybody with a public service announcement. Your joy, your joy for the day. Uh, there's something about a social bunny clip on my channel you should check out. I think it's great. Uh... Check it out. It's good. It's pure joy. <laughs> Basil at his <laughs> finest. We need to get you this commission with funny ears. So you, like, you know, totally just make that happen. A little white bunny tail, but that'd be a little difficult to actually see on camera. But we'll get another time. Let's am talk. I, about am that. I the new e boy? No, you... no, man. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> <clears throat> Got a lot right here. So talking about how about two counts on one computer using only a switch and no other macros. Five real people versus one multi one player multiboxing, five characters. The real the real five players will wreck the multibox. That's that's my perspective. Psychophobic. That was that was what that was the point I was trying to make too. Um, yeah. So let's let's. I don't think people understand. So yeah. I, like, I don't think yeah. people understand just how hard it is, yeah. even controlling two characters. Like you say, there's an advantage because you don't have to communicate between somebody else, but it's hard it's so literally mm. i challenge anybody out there go into a game e even just a free game go into a free version of world of warcraft set up two accounts have them set up uh, side by side and just try and control two characters at the same time without any scripts or bots mm -hmm. at all true and no macros no, no macros. macros yep no macros no scripts no bots no automation you are not allowed to use auto mm. hotkey and see how far you get because i've yeah, tried tough, it man. and it's very hard yeah very tough yeah i remember watching that guy i can't remember his name but he had like i think he did like 40 man raid groups and he would just like take those characters i mean i remember seeing him too and they were you know they were those characters that were those like boosted characters you know you get that like default kind of crappy set of armor in wow that usually boost with or whatever and you could tell they were all wearing that, you know, except for maybe one or two. And uh, he was running around. He was streaming and he was talking about it and explaining what he did. And you're, I'm sitting there going, I'm going, man, dang, I ain't doing all that. It, that. I wouldn't do any of that, you know. Mm -mm. But let's uh, now I know this is like a hot topic. Everybody's going to have their own opinion. I think the more important point is this. If you have an opinion, look for that thread this week. Contribute in the forums, you know, to that discussion point. It sounds like Steven and the team are going to be giving it a really good once over, uh, potentially maybe have a conversation around it. And, you know, and I saw somebody said, too, is there like a, a set on their policy here in terms of this? I mean, it sounds like the policy from my perspective is in development. It sounds like Steven has a, a firm stance on where he's at as it as it currently stands, but that he's willing to listen to what people have to say. If that was if that wasn't the case, he wouldn't be going, hey, let's go ahead and open a conversation around this. Right. So. Contribute your feedback, your thoughts and stuff. And then let's let's see what's up next week. I'm sure we'll have a, a follow-up on this. Uh, I don't want to take away from the show too much by just hyper-focusing on this. I want to talk about some of the other points uh, because we had some other fun ones to discuss. And I think the next one's going to be uh, actually going to go ahead and let phase the lead on this. So you talked about that you had had. Now, we had previously talked about how, you know, you kill uh, creatures in the game. They don't 
in this game, they don't drop gold. They're not going to drop like that type of uh, in-game currency. Uh, but there's a talk around like certificates. Now certificates being these tradable goods uh, that you can take to somebody in a particular city uh, in nodes, different types of uh, uh, NPCs such as they are, I think. And you can turn these goods in. Uh, so Faisal, you said that you've had some conversation with people this week around that. Maybe you wanted to share on what that topic was and maybe what some of the feedback was. Yeah, like it's, it's going to be a really interesting uh, way for Ashes of actually do, implementing such an idea because like usually in classic MMORPGs, you usually kill mobs and they will drop loot for you. That loot being raw material and gold. Now that's going to this new uh, way of implementing the raw material being uh what's it called tokens or uh what's it called as you said uh certificates yeah certificates, certificates yes um is an entire new way you're basically dealing with inflation um very very differently now because like instead of just dealing with uh certificates by okay if you if you kill a monster and get certificates, you just go to your node. Okay, it sells for this much. You get this amount of gold, which is amazing. But for a trading uh, company to succeed in Ashes, the longer the distance for those certificates to travel, mm -hmm. the more money you gain. However, caravans are the riskiest thing in Ashes operation. Transporting items and goods from one node to the other, that's mm -hmm. far distances, yeah. is super risky because of the pvp aspect now um uh, it led to a lot of theory crafting about how will uh people make this efficient like some people are saying okay put a lot of defenders on the caravans but they say it's not cost efficient so some people say that the, uh, the certificates themselves are uh, like uh People do. So some people don't like the idea. I feel, I, I feel that the, the idea is really, really great. Um, what's it called? But like the most important about this aspect is basically um, these raw materials. Um, when you send them from one area to, to another, is going to be super different because you have one region where you have specific type of goods and to a, another different region where it has exclusive type of goods as well. So the interaction between these two areas are going to be vastly important. And the, and the value of these items are going to change dramatically. Mm -hmm. So what, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Well, first, I want to I wanna clarify something in chat. I'm see, seeing some... A little bit of discussion potentially confusion around what we're talking about by certificates not like this like three by five card not like this you know item that drops that you stack that you you know take to a trader right think more of like pelt eyeballs teeth ribs yeah. maybe meat it's it's basically things that will drop off of particular mobs in the game that you can cultivate a as a trade item and I would say if you the, their terminology for and I'm not a developer, this is just my crude way of interpreting it. Uh, but think of certificate certificate system as basically what a category of items that they've classified in the game that they could potentially like tie a number ID to. Right. So maybe zero zero eight is for 
zero zero nine is teeth zero zero one is you know i don't know like ribs or something like that and and, and these different numbers in a category you know are part of the system the certificate system which really is just talking about trade goods or something like that right yeah and, so and what what, yeah. what fascinates uh, me the most about this is that resources in actual creation is not going to be linear like okay the resource pool in that area is going to stay that way forever. No, it's going to change throughout the seasons. Ore is going to change locations. Mines are going to be depleted, turned into dungeons maybe. Mm -hmm. um, uh, seasons will affect uh, how, uh, let's say, farming is going to act. Uh, well, when it's uh, rainy season, it's going to flood the flood the mines and mm -hmm. you won't be able to mine there maybe anymore. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, thanks again for all the follows and the uh, subs and resubs in chat. I know I missed some of those, but I really appreciate that, everybody. Uh, yeah, I want to continue for anybody else who has thoughts on this. Like my thoughts. Yeah, I think try to try not to look past like there's a lot of terms that that people use and developers use. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, that maybe doesn't translate. So, I mean, there's a lot of terms that, that sometimes a developer will use that, you know, you might get confused about because it doesn't make sense to you or, you know, it, it's not really like uh it doesn't really represent like what you're actually going to be interacting with and it's more related to the back end part of a system so just try not to let that confuse you you know i feel like we've reframed it pretty well so um i i don't know the idea of that i mean it, i see how this will potentially you know because when you go and you let's say somebody's like hey i'm gonna go and i'm gonna farm a creature this is my mind just hypotheses right uh or hypothesis around this is like if caravans and trades one of the core pillars of the game, which it is, uh, then, you know, somebody, if, if they were to like, just farm this, like maybe somebody decides they want to go out into the random and kill a bunch of tigers, uh, or bunnies <laughs> and they want to like, you know, slash a bunny, a bunch of those, and they want to collect the pelts or something like that, <laughs> then it would be very easy and convenient for them to, <laughs> to to be able to, if they just collect the coin off of it on the spot, well, they don't really have to do a whole lot except for you know, like killing the bunnies and stuff. But you know, if they you know walk ten steps to the to the nearest uh, you know like merchant or something, they can just sell those for gold. Well, if it's something more intricate and it ties into the the system, uh, the trade system, then there's a little bit more focus on them actually having to maybe utilize the system or core pillar of the game, which is like the trade the the caravan system and things like that. So, I mean, from my perspective, and this is just an opinion, some people aren't going to like everything. Some people are going to like, like it. Uh, everybody has a different opinion, but and different things in the game that they'll enjoy the most. And for me, I actually don't really have a problem with that. I think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool idea to do that. Some people may not, but um, that's my, my take on it. Any other further thoughts before we move on? Yeah. I mean this goes back to the risk reward philosophy the team has, right? If you're willing to take the risk of transporting said goods from one area where it's not as valuable as another mm -hmm. one, then I think it's a really good way to control the amount of gold that gets into the economy um, and keep the focus on trade. Um, that said, I'm going to use the line that the devs continue to use this is our idea. We're going to test it. If it doesn't work out the way we really want it to work out, or we get a lot of feedback and that feedback makes sense, we'll change it. 
Um, but mm -hmm. personally, I don't see a problem with this. Um, it, you know, again, it keeps people interacting with people or at least with the economy versus going out and grinding mobs and farming gold and then vendoring a bunch of things. So I guess it doesn't prevent people from vendoring mm -hmm. items, but it still limits what people can do just by grinding mobs. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, I don't want to say it forces them, but it encourages them to be a part of the economy, which if crafting is going to be as important as the developers have, you know, really wanted it to be, then it's actually going to be a, a way for somebody to really, you know, play the game and interact with the community. So I don't see it as a bad thing um, at this point, but again, testing. Testing, testing, testing. That's pretty much what it comes down to, unfortunately. I, I'll i be honest, I don't much see the point in the certificate system. Um, it seems like... I have a very limited understanding of it, I'll be honest. But it seems like it's um, complicating a system for the sake of improving depth. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not understanding the the intricacies of it, but that it, it seems kind of weird. And maybe it makes more sense when you're actually in the game and playing the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's kind of where I was like, going to go with that. It's like, man, there could be a whole nother layer. Because this is the thing, we're in pre-alpha, right? Think about how much yeah, can change. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, how much, how much do we only have a narrow view of because we don't have our quote-unquote in-game hands on it ourselves? Like, ima imagine this mist. Uh, most of MMORPGs deal, deal it this way. Okay, if you kill a monster, it will drop loot. And mm -hmm. either an item or uh, raw material. Yep. And you basically take those. And uh, what's it called? You try you try to sell that raw material, and you also get money on top of that. Your total is basically twenty gold, let's say. Okay. Taking out um, what's it called that that gold that you got from that monster will mm. result. It's either you get ten gold or uh, let's say twelve max for for that pelt that you've just got from that monster. Okay. Like you've decreased the number of inflation by twenty percent here, or like uh, even more than that. Because if you're talking about numbers, it's it's literally just going to be. And this is this is going to be tested, like how much they're going to, to program what that number will be for oh, a certain item. I'm sorry, we have. Hold on, did you guys hear that? I'm sorry, my uh, my secret notification in my headset just went off. Oh, what's that? My little birdie. My little birdie. <laughs> wait a minute, what's that? Oh wait, there's a oh there's a script in chat. Yeah, hold on, this just in. Ashes of Creation chimed in and said. It's meant it is meant to provide a risk versus reward aspect to the standard gold introduction mechanic normally found in MMOs, which contributes to overtime inflation. And as such, the intent is to introduce sinks when the certificate system puts pressure to encourage more caravan transit in the world. Heart are back to you too, friend. Thanks so much. I don't know if that's Steven, but whoever's behind, Steven. whoever's behind the ashes of creation name in chat, much love. Thanks for the clarification, friend. Great mind thinks uh, thinks it alike. Is. I, I understand what Stephen's going after here. <laughs> nice yeah. man, yeah. nice nice. I appreciate it and welcome, Stephen. Always a pleasure to have you here, hanging out in chat. 
by the way, uh, I just want to like take this moment to say I've got a page and a half of like some pretty good questions from <laughs> people in the community and it's growing at an exponential rate <laughs> in your abundant spare time. If you're able to, please let me know. Uh, and uh, yeah, get, get, do a Q&A. Like, I think a like legit Q&A, not like super hardcore, more discussion oriented because that's how we do things. But I mean, there's like some really good questions from the community. I've been I've been telling them, too. And I was going to say here, if you guys have been putting your minds around any of the, the ideas, the thoughts that you have been, oh man, the community's got some really good points. And I've been putting them together in a in a document over the past week. And I'm at like a page and a half. And those are the ones I consider like really good. That's not even on the ones that are on two other documents with my scattered uh, weekly micro aneurysms that I'm having where I'm trying to like document everything going on. (laughs) So yeah, you guys in the community have come up with some pretty cool stuff that have actually given me as a dairy crafter, some, some pretty interesting thoughts around some of these systems. But Speaking of systems, now Daedalus actually had uh, some thoughts around the Bard, and I don't know why. I don't know why he would have thoughts around the Bard. It's almost like, wait, you're you're actually the Ashen Herald on Twitter and YouTube, right? Indeed, I am. Right. So um, let me preface this with the question and answer real quick, and then I'm going to let you kind of take the, kind of steer the ship on this one question was well and this is will base classes like clerics be the only ones who direct healing for other players i'm thinking this is where your mind's coming from right because he talks about the bard here and it says cleric and bard this is the answer cleric and bard classes can directly heal others bards will be much less and they will be proximity based as opposed to clerics direct target heals the base cleric will indeed be the predominant healing class with more proc based healing for the bard role through the secondary class augments you can grant yourselves or mitigate sorry or mitigated healing for your party members by augmenting your primary skills also we tested this in our castle siege test with pi where we had action-based skills where you could fire off heals in a direction and they would home in on allies to heal them we've not yet decided on whether we will implement this though and take it away your thoughts okay so um just kind of as an aside to this um actually my wife and i were talking about this particular topic before the show and she actually mentioned to me something that i thought would be relevant um a lot of people are really interested in support classes even in games that don't have them so mmo champion put out a poll i don't know how old it was how recent it was but it asked you know what class would you most like to have available in world of warcraft and the resounding answer the top answer was bard or one of the top answer was bard so it made me think a lot about this question and and really wanted to hear people's thoughts on support classes and you know how well they've been implemented in other games and particularly what they think is going to be really important to implement in ashes of creation um I did like the idea of, again, having active skills for a bard. So seeing the fact that, you know, a bard cleric or a cleric bard, you know, has has some availability of being able to heal and have it be maybe not as powerful as, say, you know, full-blown cleric, but still have that ability to do it. I would like to, you know, kind of have the, you know, have the community discuss that a little bit more. Uh-huh. I had a lot of history with um, I would say support classes in one game in particular, City of Heroes. 
Um, I did also play in um, uh-huh. Dark Age of Camelot. I played a bard, but that was a very passive class. And though I liked what I was able to do in the party in Dark Age of Camelot, it wasn't as fun as when I did it in um, you know in City of Heroes because there was a lot of active things I needed to do um, mm-hmm. in order to play my controller or play my support class. So I'd be interested to you know to hear what people's thoughts are and what you know was good about support classes they played in other MMOs and and kind of just building off of what you know Steven had mentioned about the bard and and just one type of spell a heal but I'd like to hear about other people's feedback on that. I need to understand one thing before uh, we say anything. What do you mean by support class? Like full-on support that only buffs and heals you, or do you expect them to do anything else? Very good question. So one of the things that I really find um, disappointing in, say, something like World of Warcraft is crowd control is not really something people really do a lot of, right? At least in the experience I've had in, in recent history, it's it's always been like a DPS or heal race. I mean, CC isn't really that big of a deal. I mean, it has some uses situationally, but it's not a big thing. So I would say in addition to buffs, in addition to heals, I would say CC as well, right? Mez, Confuse, you know, stun, that kind of thing. And again, stun at, or uh, Mez as a crowd control tool, not necessarily like the stun locking that rogues do mm-hmm. that we are such a fan of in this community <laughs> especially sim and elder spells online i want to talk to you right now i'll bring some lights justice to the face let's go sorry a little oh, heated there in game metaphorically go, go ahead <laughs> i i just want to say city of heroes was i i loved playing that game it was so much fun like literally just for the flying, just to be able to fly around however you want. That was just amazing. I'm very sad that that game shut down when it did. But anyway, um, so bards, support classes. It's been implemented in a number of ways. One thing I hate, this is a pet peeve of mine, is when you've got a, um, where you basically just bake buffs into a normal DPS rotation. So if we take an example, in Final Fantasy XIV, you've got a bard, and it's got buffs on it, but you literally just do a normal DPS rotation, and the buffs are passively applied to everybody who's around you. That, to me, kind of defeats the point in having a support class in the first place. I think it should be a distinct, different playstyle to a normal DPS class. Uh, yeah, we prevent <laughs> Jalon. <laughs> Jalon is in the chat, by the way. Paradox Gaming. Yeah, we don't... yeah. We <sighs> pretend that the bard doesn't exist in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh man. Yeah. Um, what I'd really love to see is um, support skills, how they were handled in uh, the original Guild Wars, which were amazing because they were very, they were short duration, and they usually only affected one to two people. So, for example, you might have a ability that you apply it to a target, to an ally, and then if that ally gets hit by a spell, that spell rebounds on the attacker. 
something like that really really awesome just support skills like that and the reason why i prefer that kind of style is because you have to really think about who you're putting the spells on and at what time you're doing as opposed to just doing a normal rotation and the buffs get applied normally. I think that is far more engaging gameplay than, say, how Final Fantasy XIV does the buffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed the Paladin. I enjoyed the Paladin in, in Final Fantasy fourteen up until the last <laughs> expansion, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> oh mick j yes bard oh, is God, confirmed go on. <laughs> go on wait did you already get on the did you did you reiterate on the point daedalus about the mmo champion poll too i did yes okay i totally missed it my bad anyway basil go ahead what's it called um actually Lucretian already said that the healer isn't going to be a full-time healer they're going to be like it's, they're going to make it heals and they will be able to attack at the same time. So it's going to be like offensive type of heal when it comes to gameplay. So I really like that. But when it comes to the bard, I don't, I have no clue how they're going to do the bard. Um, unfortunately, I have not played an MMO that has a full dedicated support class except the healer yet. <laughs> Like I haven't reached to the point of Final Fantasy where I I played uh, a support class. So ah oh, shit. Um, oh. Why? No, no man, I don't have to dance. Missed. Gee, uh, was this coordinated? Yeah, I think oh, it was. It was back to back, dude. Jesus. Christ, dude. You guys, thanks so much for the. Woodchip for 10 gifted subs again, yet again, and again. And Mick J, thanks for the 10 gifted subs. You guys are amazing. Holy hell, thank you. You guys probably broke the hype train, honestly. Are you surprised <laughs> after the past week? Holy crap, man. Thanks, guys. But also, just... I'm not prepared. He, he did... Piggybacked on his warning. You. It's almost like a setup now. Man, holy crap. <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyway, what... what? Okay, so... Yeah, this is. I'm trying to keep my my stuff together, man. I'm trying. All right. But, Thanks okay, a lot. Okay. I'm, I'm. I have to. I have to question, uh, Mist and Daedalus about this. Well, what do you guys think when they try to integrate other classes into the support classes now? Because okay, if if you just talk about the primary classes alone. I understand, but once they try to influence from class to class on each other. How is that going to play? How how would you balance it at least? <laughs> yeah, see, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me awake at night when I think about <laughs> the bard is like mind blown, right? I can understand how a controller bard or support class plays by itself, right? But then add this second layer, that's the part that I'm still trying to work out is how that's gonna work. I mean a long time back I had some thoughts. I can't think of any of them right now because I'm brain dead but but the long and the short of it is uh, I think as long as they really make an effort to make the utility of a support class something that's needed as opposed to something that's oh that's nice to have or something that's passive mm. then I'm okay with it mm. um, I like you know, I haven't played personally I haven't played Final Fantasy um, MMO so I'm a little 
uh, not educated in that area. So if it is pretty cool, I definitely want to try to get my hands on it um, and just experience it just to get some ideas. But I played um, in one of the most fun sets of moments I've had in MMOs was in City of Heroes, was where I did absolutely no damage whatsoever as a controller, but I was able to toss people around like with gales of wind, hold people, trip people with earthquakes and you know stone and all that. That was really cool to me because it was really active. It made me think of not only who I was casting the spells on, but what my positioning is, which way is this going to toss enemies? Am I going to piss off my tank or am I going to corral everything into a certain area so my team can really nuke the, you know, nuke the enemies and just make it through, right? Mm -hmm. It made, to me, it made a lot of sense to have that class there. I've just been in other games where having that class, it was like, you could take it, you could leave it. So mm. that's where I really like to kind of know more. And that's where I, I don't have an answer for you, Faisal, other than I really hope whatever they do, it is something that they can nail. And it's something that truly makes the bard unique um, and makes all those augmentations that come along with that unique as well. Because I think the the favorite that Steven tends to use is how a fighter can add a teleport augment to a charge, right? That's pretty basic, but it still doesn't answer those broader questions about how a bard is going to play when you add that second layer. So, um, yeah. So I don't have an answer for you other than I'm just as chomping at the bit as you are on answering mm -hmm. that question. I mean, yeah, like, it's 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 really super hard. Uh, like, and um, I have a second question to also missed. Um, when you said like you would expect uh, bards to do CCs, how are you going to balance that out with fighters or rogues who can also CC uh, and and do stuns and other shenanigans? Because if you try to nerf those, you might unbalance them and make them like ineffective at all. So yeah it's a it's a huge concern of mine actually let's say you've got a a fighter and let's say the fighter's base kit doesn't have any cc or utility at all but then it because you put a bard's augment on those fighter skills and suddenly that fighter now has cc or utilities or buffs whatever how do you then keep the bard as a worthwhile party member when you suddenly got the fighter who has got more damage and maybe depending on how the fight's designed maybe enough cc or enough utility that you can pass through and then we get in the exactly. situation which and this very common in guild wars 2 where you you take the um you have a very specific set of uh, classes because they do the most damage while still providing all the other utility and buffs that you need. It's it's a it is actually a concern of mine, and honestly, I don't have a solution really. Not when not for the uh, the class and the augment system that they've already established. Like unless we have extra information, I guess we can't really like yeah. we can we can theory craft on this all day, but we won't actually yeah. understand it until we get more information. What do you what, mm -hmm. what about you, Sam? What do you think? 
Well, I was like looking at what Wink uh, was saying there in chat too. And I'm going to go up a little bit further because I saw something that cracked me up and it was not really directly. It was just Bardbarian from Ravuda in there. I saw <laughs> Bardbarian. And then I, I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. If you're, are you wondering why I was laughing though? Is that what you're trying to get at? Anyway, I was laughing. I muted myself, so I wasn't laughing too much. And it's mainly because I imagine, I'm so sorry, Faisal. Just, it comes back to this all the time. But I thought, Faisal, Faisal, <laughs> the bard bunny is what I thought. Is what I, thought. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and I, I just imagined, like, I don't know why I was sitting there. And as I was thinking about it, I imagined these new emotes that are in the Ashes of Creation Discord, by the way, that are beautiful, by the way, Stephen, that was those were awesome. I actually really like, yeah, I like, I like them all. And uh, I've been using them a lot in, in our discord here in the crusade a lot. And uh, I was just imagining the little, the little bird characters walking around in like armor, you know, like one of them plucking away at like a harp or something. And the other one kind of swinging a sword and the little, little bard bunny, you know, yeah. anyway, I think I just kind of imagine one <laughs> one strumming the chords and the other one's like chirping along, but I can't really like show you all. It's just in my head. Maybe one of these days I can make that happen. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to kind of step back over to. So uh, Wink was saying essentially uh, talking about some of these specific ideas around augments and that and it goes back to what Faisal was saying a second ago. There's just a lot. We can theorycraft a lot. Like I had this conversation the other day and people were like, we can't really do any theory crafting with the classes. Well, they gave us four classes and we've got ability sets, like whether or not they're going to make it all the way into, you know, launch is a different story, but can you theory craft? Yeah. I mean, Daedalus and I, we, we went through what was it like two, what, how long ago was that dude? Like a year yeah. and a half or something at least. Yeah. Between the two of us, our channel content for months was all about different classes yeah. and what they could do and what we think they could yep. do and what mm -hmm. might be cool to do. And it's, it's definitely been an ongoing conversation mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But we won't know about these ideas of like dropping a statue and, and having, you know, certain AOE uh, abilities tying into that or any of that until we actually get to a place where we have the full class kits and then see how augments work. Now, I mean, you can, you can theorize how augments are going to work. And Stephen gave, a, Stephen gave a good example of the fighter and the mage and like the fighter basically having a charge and then the mage taking the port and like maybe, you know, instead of uh, uh, having the charge with the damage at the end, like maybe you you pour it over and you do damage. And then what are we laughing about in chat? What is going on? Uh, it's, it's, <clears throat> chat can't see it, but I, I put it in the, the Discord channel. I found, I found a picture of Faisal. <laughs> I found him. God damn it, Swiss. I don't know what to say. I would I would totally is, show that, but uh for anybody who is a League of Legends fan, uh the Mortal Reminder <laughs> video from Pentakill, you got that little bunny with his little banjo who's jamming along with the with the group. That's Faisal, right? Yes. Is there yes? Dude, just add an add an axe to the oh, to the dude. banjo, and I'm set. 
I'm going to drop this in our Discord and I'd need somebody to turn this into something just soon, please. Uh, for me, for me, please, please. Oh, God. Side note, it's a fan. Anyone who's into metal music or just League of Legends in general, it's a fantastic music video. You should definitely Jesus check it out. It's awesome. Awesome song. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Photoshop um, Project. Yeah, we have a couple hey, more points. I'm looking at the time and oh my gosh, I can't believe... Do you see what I'm talking about? We've skimmed the surface of all of the discussion points in a week, everybody. And if you, you know, that forum post alone is probably going to generate even more. So we've got plenty to talk about, but I want to try to hit on two more discussion points real quick. And we'll we'll definitely tie some more in next time. Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay, Cheryl. I know you all can't see it on your phones very well. It's okay. I got you, fam. I'll be dropping it in Discord at the end of this. I promise. 100%. Uh, I'm not, dude, man. You are like, you're, you know, you're like, you're like slowly becoming the show mascot, sort of, right? Look, man. Look, man. As long as I got some spalled head to cover it up, you I'm got cool it. with it. I got you, baby. I got you, man. I got you. I got you. I was talking to my brother uh, earlier about how, you know, you all give me a fun, a hard time about the bald head and the life's justice thing and how there's like this beam of light that could come out of my head or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I need to make like an emo for that. I need to find somebody to just make an emo for that and just make it a thing. People would love it. Let's talk about this one on the guilds, large guilds. Okay. Need sunglasses? It's okay, Psychopo. You go ahead and put those sunglasses on. You'll be good, man. It's okay. I know it's a lot. Radiant glory, right? It's fine. Large guilds is the question. Large guilds suffer from server lockouts at times. Where a server is locked by devs, forcing the guilds to split up. While we understand the server load at launch, will you guys plan ahead and will server transfers be available? <clears throat> now... I saw some discussion from people over the the you know past couple of days, or especially since yesterday, talking about like the locking of you know, servers and like kind of uh, guilds being able to kind of the reservation bit. And uh, so I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna talk about this particular point, and we can kind of bounce around on this one a little bit. <laughs> and and the answer was I was a guild leader of a very very large guild, which was built over 15 years ago. We had about 14,000 members on our mailing list at one point. To clarify, I did step down before I started Intrepid, but 100%, uh, I do understand the absolute travesty that happens as new as uh, a new game launches. One of the things I would like to introduce probably during the beta phase is to allow server reservations. <clears throat> this will allow players, part of a large guild, to reserve their spots on the servers. It's almost impossible to really stop overpopulation at launch. Locking the server temporarily is really the only solution. However, we can mitigate that issue uh, by allowing character slot reservations. This is mostly to be used by guilds instead of solo players. Solo players may have friends, can obviously still use the system, but fresh players probably won't want to do it. But I do want to state that this is why the testing phases and feedback is so important to us. I'm not talking about pre-ordering the game since I'm personally funding the project to completion, but it's about having people engaged and constantly providing feedback to help us progress. Uh, it's important to me to understand the community sentiment so much that sometimes scrolling through the discord forums, reading my mobile and I fall asleep, letting my mobile fall on my face. Okay. I kind of wondered if that ever happened. So that's, that's good to know that that actually is kind of confirmed <laughs> in my, in my mind. I was like, is he ever just sitting there really late one night and just pass out with his phone? And all right, it's cool. Good to know. I had a feeling, but anyway, <laughs> 
I feel like this actually answers a lot of those concerns. This is my important takeaway, and I'm going to let you guys kind of have the floor here. Feedback, like feedback, feedback, feedback. This is why they want people engaged in providing feedback so that they know if this is going to be something that they can really support fully moving into the game. But Daedalus, you look like your wheels are turning, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I actually, um, you know, chat just pretty much, you know, took my point, which I think is is one that we should kind of noodle on a bit here. Is is the point of a reservation system for us to, as a community, to know what servers guilds are on, or is it still going to be something that's unknown? Because at the end of the day, I don't necessarily see value in reserving it other than potentially like what steven said trying to mitigate server locks um and and i think that's really kind of the only way you're going to really address that i don't know that server reservations are really going to address that as much as maybe just doing your best to really plan for and forecast server populations mm -hmm. and make sure you have an appropriate number of servers mm -hmm. because at the end of the day whether you have a guild reservation or not having a guild reservation, you're still going to have a bottleneck on servers if you don't, and if if you don't open enough at launch, um, and you're always, you know, no matter how many servers you have, there's always going to be that odd person or odd guild out that reaches a cap. Yeah, and you're gonna. So I mean, having maybe some transfers for a limited period might be a good idea. Um, I don't necessarily think you're going to avoid having a single guild server um, or kind of have, have those Zerg guilds take over a server by having server reservation unless you have some sort of way to say, okay, you know, these are the following guilds that have reserved server A, right? So that way mm -hmm. people who don't necessarily want to be on a single guild server or a bunch of really large guild server they want to be on something that might be a little more dynamic where there might be some interplay they can at least be aware and, and avoid that so yeah this is an interesting topic i'd like to see how they're going to really test and plan for this um mm -hmm. in the future I'd be interested to hear what you guys are thinking in chat too of course right well the, the other two kind of these two gentlemen sort of head on that a little bit more before i kind of bounce around on the chat too so if I were making a system, if I really wanted to do kind of like server reservations for guilds, the way I would probably do it is to allow guilds to register in advance and then say how many players they are going to have in their guild and then that's how many slots they get and, mm -hmm. and do it like that obviously up to the max which currently the max um amount of uh characters you can have is 300 per guild and, and just do it like that obviously there's still the issue i'm seeing a lot of people saying in chat that the the issue is uh guilds getting or servers getting swarmed by yeah. guilds at launch mm -hmm. but really that can happen even if you don't have such uh, a guild reservation system so i'm i'm not really sure whether whether uh i don't even know the term they whether the mitigating factor is mm. with that i yeah. don't know what do you think Faisal? i don't i don't think there's gonna be a mitigating factor like 
I think people when an MMORPG is in development and hasn't come out yet, people form guilds. They are ready. They'll play other MMOs until that MMO comes out and they just switch when it comes out. Mm. Like I've seen that across the three years period of Ashes of Creation being developed. Like I've mm. seen guilds come and go. <laughs> Uh, they're there, just they're, just they're just waiting, lurking in the mm. darkness, just waiting <laughs> to to get ashes in their hands. So I don't think it's gonna cause that much of a problem. Um, I'm more kind of uh, concerned how where are people going to put their nodes really? Because like if you think about it, if you have 10k people. In, in one server, you're basically spreading them out um, to 93 people uh, per node. Mm -hmm. So if you have like 300 people in one node, um, it's going to basically remove a lot of nodes that are like um, separated from uh, like further away regions, like corner places, like islands and stuff that are very high maintained areas, I would call because of the trade systems and other things in Ashes of Creation. So I'm more intrigued about how many nodes they're going to be more than guilds really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really have too much like in terms of like, I think I just don't see them not paying attention to the you know the analytics and behind like you know the people and communities that do you know test some of these systems out as they're going in through these iterations of testing through alphas to betas you know i just don't see them going hey we kind of recognize you know what the population looks like and how this is allowing for the population to to kind of accrue people in this manner and not not finding a way that they can address that to help balance it out. I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid. I mean, that the a core element of this game is what, like meaningful conflict, right? So people are going to as guilds align with one another in in these larger kind of alliance factions. Uh, then you've also, you know, like I think Stephen calls these like pseudo factions, and and you've got these, um, you know, you're going to have mercenaries. You've got a lot of different layers that are going to contribute to the dynamic of how people are playing and, and what the conflict, yeah, not futile conflict, meaningful conflict, not futile conflict. And so these like balances of power, I mean, it's going to, it's going to shift. It's going to change, but and say, I think there's some element of that, that you're going to want, you know, you're going to want there to be some level of the population that, you know, does, does have a percentage. It's like a core of this guild and this guild and this guild. Uh, but I think, you know, allowing that to be, you know, over overwhelming in terms of one community being able to monopolize something or one, you know, pseudo faction potentially coming in before the game's even out. I just don't see them not paying attention to that and that kind of like uh, behavior of the player base. But again, I go back to, I mean, that's what the feedback's there for. And I don't really have any, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it until we get there. There's like a lot of things. I have my ideas around it. But until I see more data or information, it it's kind of like up on the shelf waiting. Um, now we have one other point. This is like kind of the latter point. I got to find the Q&A too because this thing was massive. And there's uh, 
it, there's it, a lot of stuff. Yeah, there is. This one is this the one? Yeah, okay, here it is, right here. Right, talking so about. Just before, yeah, going ahead, just buddy. Before you do that, just one one last quick thing with regarding to guilds. I see some people in chat saying, "Oh, there's these like mega guilds that have uh, got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and they're just going to swarm the server." <sighs> Realistically, keeping uh, a guild of more than say 200 or even 300 people together is incredibly difficult right. the majority of those guilds as soon as there is a single bit of strife they'll just collapse Dude. they'll form into cliques they'll form into factions and they'll just break apart because mm -hmm. that always happens so i think that's something we need to keep in mind and not go all, not think that all the big guilds are going to take over the world right they very rarely does I, I, I really do I really do agree with Mist because uh, as yeah. I'm trying to be a traveling merchant I kind of joined a lot of European uh, what's it called uh, discords and I've seen a lot of people where they have more than 300 people and they just collapse over time because they don't know how to maintain such a vast number of people it's not easy to manage at all even if it's like free game launch that is uh so yeah it's a it's a tough cookie to handle really yeah i'm gonna keep this real serious that is where the social bunny thing came from by the way <clears throat> so let's go ahead and talk about this one right here talking about summoning won't family summon ruin the no fast travel mentality answer there's a cool down period between having and or leaving and joining a family it's in days. The summon system is contained within the family unit. So if I have an eight-man family limit and I want to summon one of them, I can't summon someone from the guild part of another family. Limiting fast travel limits to Zerg mentality. It becomes very difficult for players to avoid Zergs because if they get wind of something, they can very quickly open a portal and stop your fun. Uh, that's not to say political information won't play a role. I could have a spy in an enemy guild know the time and place and numbers, and I could set up a trap. We want it to take some time. We don't want Zergs to quickly uh, group up. Uh, the family summon lets you go with your party to group up, but limits mobility for large groups of people. Tear apart my systems. I enjoy reading that stuff. <laughs> I like that. I love that. Going ahead, tear this up. This is the stuff I want to know about. Uh, but I think that's interesting. That's going to add another kind of dynamic, too, to the way people organize their social structures right how do you how do you decide to align your families and then your guilds and things like that i don't know what do you guys think about the the fast travel system for families i think it's unnecessary um i think if you're gonna go with travel is difficult travel is meaningful then you make travel meaningful across the board having any type of summon, no matter if it's like, you know, got a huge cooldown. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I didn't understand the comment about there's a cooldown to join and leave a family. I'd be more concerned about the cooldown and the limit to how many people I could teleport and how long I have to wait before I can do it again. Um, that is, is really the crux of the conversation for me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I just don't see the value other than a convenience factor which doesn't make sense with the design we've already seen is that you know coordinating a group needs to happen either you know through tells or through an in or other methods mm -hmm. versus the family unit which 
again, I just it just feels like one thing is not like the other here when we talk about this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. I have some thoughts, but definitely want to hear what you guys like your Coleman or cultivated thoughts are while I, before I kind of dig in. Cultivated thoughts. Yeah, I'm I, cultivated I thoughts. Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It. I. I understand where Stephen is sort of coming from, where he he wants there to be some way of like being able to group up in a pinch, but. I, there are just too many exploits that you could do with it. I mean, one that I've literally, as Daedalus was just talking, was uh, being able to uh, use it to abuse the corruption system. Um, because the one of the th things about the corruption is that if the corrupt player dies, they get randomly uh, respawned around the world. If you've got this group this family teleport it doesn't matter where they uh respawn around the world because you can just teleport them straight back to where you want them to be and that completely nullifies that uh system so yeah i obviously we'll have to see it in testing but i i i get the feeling that steven is gonna have to backtrack on this a little bit unfortunately oh steven steven typed in chat still here with us steven nice to see that he said that uh, 30, minutes. 30 minute cooldown yeah so i was curious too because i saw flump when chat was talking about a summoning stone would make more sense and so i was kind of like you be talking like hearthstone from like world of warcraft like an in pocket bag sort of an item that has like a cooldown similar to what steven's talking about or in the world because if it's like you know in the world then, you know, that could be, I mean, unless you set a limit on how many summons you can have or something, that could be a little interesting. It's kind of curious where you're going with that. But uh, yeah, lots of really uh, interesting ideas in chat too. A any other ideas from you all? I have some ideas about this, but I don't want to get to it. I usually, I usually say this. If you're going to go with an idea, you either go with it the, like the entire way, you either open floodgates or you shut it off completely. <laughs> um because once once you have these types of ideas when it comes to teleporting or uh, fast movements in in mmorpgs or games usually they fall behind okay it starts this way then it leads to this <laughs> so once even even if it's a small idea which i get People will exploit it one way or another. I'm gonna read a but few. But as as uh, as Stephen said in chat, uh, I mean, it can't be summoned while in a combat or while corrupted. That actually kind of, it kind of does work. Like I can see, but it also has to be limited. You don't want a huge amount of people traveling from one area to another at the at a blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. um, like maybe limited to five, eight people max. I don't know. In my opinion, at least, <laughs> we'll test this out and figure it out. Yeah, I'm gonna read a few comments from chat. So, psychophobic said, "That's more. I think it's meant to be used outside of guild scenario, like the real family scenario. My son, for example, we don't want to spend an hour to help each other." So, he said, "McJay said, he also said Ash, uh, that Ashes of Creation can't be summoned while in combat or while corrupted." Uh, Flump said, imagine the religious temples having a summoning stone inside them, or you uh, build them with your node, 
so you can summon randomly, but you can summon other nodes because they built their power stones as such. Uh, and Wembley said, like the idea of certain node type having a summoning perk, uh, maybe they'll that'll be announced with more detail in the divine nodes. But, so yeah, they've kind of talked about that a bit already. Um, definitely would say go check out the node blogs on that point. But yeah, so I think there's some concerns in chat about organizing a Zerg, right? And like the timing, I think the timing and, and all of that too. And I think my my perspective is, is that up until recently, a lot of people didn't really think there was going to be any travel outside of node specific type, right? Like they're not really being like a travel system uh, unless it was like related to being unlocked in nodes. <clears throat> so you can see how that could be something that could be concerning. It's definitely something that I, I don't really see as being a problem as long as it's done right. But if it allows for people to more easily form a Zerg, you know, and travel across the, the map really quickly, then that would be, it kind of goes against the idea that you want it to, you know, you want conflict. You want to have to actually travel and have to be thoughtful about getting from point A to B and it not being something you can just port to. I think that's the, that's the main perspective in, in terms of a concern I would have as long, as long as we aren't like, you know, uh, working against that core kind of philosophical perspective for the game that I think we're okay, but just my two yeah. cents, just an opinion, just my two cents. Agreed. Um, I, I feel like something like this is trying to produce a solution to a problem that may not even exist, but mm. I, I, I personally leave it out. And then if it, oh there's a problem, that this right. might fix then think about introducing it but i think for now i mm. yeah i don't see the, the point in it yeah good point mcjay said I, I think if we can test it and show the zerg exploits <laughs> steven's like okay in, invite me into the call real quick Ooh. hold up one second everybody please hold everybody <laughs> hello can't uh, can't see you, but it's okay. We can hear you, Stephen. Yeah, I don't have my uh, <laughs> I don't have my webcam. It's uh, still on the little tripod thing from the show yesterday. Wait a second, you you weren't prepared for this? Well, I don't. <laughs> no, I was, I was just watching. And I I didn't like typing a bunch. Oh, uh, it's, like, it's all good. It, it does make life easier, right? So yeah, what do you, what do you got to say for yourself about this? Well, no, I was just I was just <laughs> gonna put a little bit of context behind it. So. Yeah. You know, obviously the intent is to, uh, you know, deviate from the typical fast travel type systems that are present in many of the MMOs we've played, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, with that idea comes a significant uh, divide between the more hardcore players who spend a lot of time in game and the people who, you know, might be working an eight to seven job and only have an hour or two to play each night and their friends who are more hardcore have already progressed, you know, throughout the world and made it to a dungeon or so, they can leverage the family system to quickly navigate so they can capitalize on that one to two hours they may have each night and still participate with those parties in, in, in content. Um, so that was my concern is that, 
the divide that's present in having a largely non-fast travel-based uh, uh, traversal uh, for the world might be a very significant encumbrance uh, for more casual-oriented players. We mm. can still maintain the, the game philosophy, in my opinion, of mitigating that large group Tra uh, traversal capability mm -hmm. uh, as long as we contain the fast travel method to a family type system where you can't have people quickly dip out of the family and then add new ones and summon them and the cooldown period is quick enough where you can summon you know large amounts of people but rather just contain it to a more like you know constant party type system that was actually something i was curious about was like how how there might be like a cooldown for being able to actually leave a family system and reform one and things like that i know you talked about it on there uh you know in terms of uh the okay. alien family as an example right. but well, what's up phaser you got something for him I, ha I have a really quick question well what about corrupted people like before yeah. the combat starts like you you said uh, it, yeah, during combat they won't be able to they won't be able to reach yeah someone. Okay, period. <laughs> period, yeah. Combat combat status or corruption score, um, as well as, um, I'm sorry, it's combat status, it's corruption score, and it's event flag. So event flag in the back end is what we use to essentially determine, hey, this person is a part of an event, meaning they are either an attacker or an, a defender on a caravan, or they are an attacker or a defender in a mm -hmm. uh, castle or node siege, um, or they're a participant in war. So there's a war event occurring, either war status between nodes or war status between guilds, um, or they're a participant in an active arena. Uh, that's what we call an event flag. Uh, if the event flag is active on the character, they also cannot be summoned uh, as well. Oh, I, I got a good question for you. So, so I think this <laughs> is one of the concerns is if you have an eight-man team, you could summon like 64 people. So how could, you know what I mean? Like having having that many different people that like maybe form families, they all like coordinate this and they kind of like, okay, well, if we form like our, our core ray group into, you know, however many people and we like split that up into into families with eight person families, like, is there anything that could potentially work? There, to there, yeah, there, there would be a the way that you would have to to leverage the system would be that you would perfectly plan out the eight member families um to uh essentially let's say you had like like mm -hmm. you said a, a a 40 person you know group raid and each uh, of the five groups are their own separate families of eight uh right and you make sure that one representative from each family would travel together to a location then you could undergo that summoning ritual uh with all five of those eight member families and groups uh, but that would require some pretty significant coordination, which right. I don't put past people, obviously. <laughs> but then that's that's why there's that significant cooldown period as well. So it's not possible, obviously, to create perfect systems. Um, but what you want to do is try to create systems that address what you believe are going to be the most prevalent problems, right? And then um, you know mitigate as much as you can the abuse. Mm -hmm. So you said the cooldown on summoning. Uh do you have any idea what that's going to look like? Is it like per person group? So it's it's per person. Um, essentially, if you are summoned, um, if you if you use the summon skill, it's a thirty minute cooldown on the summon skill. Uh -huh. And the cast time is also a significant. Like it's it's probably going to be about a minute long or thirty second to minute long cast time. 
Okay. Oh, cool down. So it's okay. not going to be like I can. So it's a it's a thirty minute cooldown for the skill, and it'll be between a thirty second and one minute cast time to actually summon the individual. So it's not going to be like on the fly. Oh, I just got ganked. Hey, real <laughs> quick, you know, I'm going to summon my dude, and he's next to me. Okay. Okay. So you all have been looking yeah. at ways you can balance this time limit so it's not like a get there real quick and get to it in a massive group. Right. Realistically. Cool. I know a lot of people in chat are asking a lot of other questions. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep it specific to what we're talking about here. <laughs> but yeah, so a eight, eight person group, right? Person summoning yeah. is going to get the cooldown. Is that going to also apply to the other person potentially? Or No, okay. they can they can chain summon at that point. The idea is to get your party to where you're at, so to speak. Yeah, I think everybody in chat, the main, the main th thing to keep in mind is, you know, a lot of this still comes back down to all of y'all helping test and like give feedback too, because it's not something they're mm -hmm. not paying attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to jump on for just this one topic where I get to the end here. I'm not going to try to like set you up for a big Q and a, cause <laughs> believe me, they love that. They've been, they've been getting on me for the past week about that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, I just want to, I guess, two cents here. I think you, man, you rock star it, man. <laughs> like, thanks buddy jeez man yeah, I, I, i'll admit i was a little nervous i don't personally enjoy doing just solo streams i i <laughs> enjoy the interaction and banter of having you know either a co-host or other hosts or like an interviewer but uh i thought the ama, AMA went okay yeah it was good I, was, I think that's the first time i, I actually saw you and i was like he looks like he's actually kind of caught off guard a little bit with all of this right now. It's I, I was. I messaged. <laughs> I messaged Margaret actually like five minutes before she was like, "Are you ready?" And I was like, "You know what? I think for the first time going on this uh, on a stream, I'm actually a little nervous." <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, what if I'm boring as hell and people are just like, oh, "That will yeah. never happen, Stephen." I mean, no, no pressure. It's only like there were like five or six thousand people watching you during uh, yeah. that. Another fifty, <laughs> yeah. sixty from asmongold oh yeah things. thank god i didn't know that asmongold was actually uh was uh showing off the ama otherwise i really would have been nervous oh you oh you didn't know that oh my goodness no i had no idea until <laughs> oh, afterwards oh. like oh my god asmongold was uh was watching it and i was like really that's cool <laughs> <laughs> just oh, to man. a casual sixty thousand other people it's fine no pressure no problem <laughs> i tell you what if i was in your shoes sh Stephen, i would literally just be shaking i'd probably have dropped the tablets just because yeah. i would have been shaking so much you know it reminded me actually of the first stream we did back in i think it was like uh i think it was the first stream for kickstarter i would i had the same kind of feeling of nervousness but you know like in life and many things, practice does make perfect. True. And the more often you do something, the more comfortable you become with it. So it's always difficult to get over the first hurdle, uh, like it was for me to get over, you know, that that solo, you know, AMA. Uh, so I'll feel more comfortable if I do more of those in the future. So I'm going to, I'm just going to, just my perspective here. So what, what I hear you saying is this is a lot of practice for like AshCon one day. That's right. Absolutely. Let's get some Ashcon going. I always, always felt like if we do Ashcon, I'm not going to do it in a you know boring place like Anaheim or something. Right. Let's go to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> you mean like the launch party? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Steven loves Vegas. You were traveling there during the Asmon thing. You're talking about the launch party there. I yeah, I just got back from. I went to. I drove to Vegas and I had to fly to Salt Lake City and then I flew to Tahoe and then I flew back to Vegas and drove back to San Diego. And by the way. 
those flights into Vegas or into Salt Lake or into Tahoe are all the worst possible places you can fly into because they have the worst turbulence every time you fly into them. <laughs> and I literally was like holding on to my life as we're like landing in each of the cities, just thinking, okay, I've got the GDD done. The funding's ready and available. If I die, the project will still be completed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a great perspective to have, I think, for the community, but also your well-being, you know? God damn it, <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Well, yeah, dude, you've been rocking it, man. I, all I have to say is, I mean, I've been thoroughly overwhelmed with the amount of information coming from not only people joining, but just those those live streams. I mean, you, you literally took that and we're like, yo, yeah, I'm just going to let everybody in the world pretty much know about this right now, so let's go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a, yeah, I know I've talked on it a lot, but um, people are always worried, like, hey, you get, you get this hyped and the game is just now entering alpha and like, how do you, you know, keep the hype alive? I saw oh, yeah. Chip just asked that, like, yep. and that's a really good question. That's part of the double-edged sword that is transparency. You can't have, you know, mm -hmm. on one end wanting to get early, you know, input from the player base and talk about the game and when you talk about the game and when the systems resonate with people, you're going to naturally make hype, but you have to talk about the game if you want the feedback. Oh. So it's like, it's the two, it's two sides of the same coin. Um, you know, the way we try to combat that is just talking about how there's a long road ahead of us. You know, the ultimate goal is to create a quality product. You know, we want to get the launch right. We don't want to rush to market. Um, you know, there's a lot of systems that are in place here that'll take a lot of fine tuning and balance, and that takes a lot of testing. And, you know, when when we undertake that, it's it the exchange in exchange for that transparency, there has to be patience on the side of the of the player. Yeah. And it it you're not gonna hit everybody's not gonna have patience. I think yep. gamers aren't known for their patience, <laughs> which is fine. True. Uh, but, but at the same time, like as long as the communication is is continual, right? And you're seeing progress and you're seeing updates. Yes. You know, there was a period of time in, in the in the development of Ashes where there wasn't a lot of you know updating. Even though we've done a stream every single month for yeah. the past three years straight. Um, and we do show, you know, progress, there are going to be lulls in that progress, especially when you're deep in production, because, you know, when you're making games, it's just not always market ready. It's yeah. not always marketing ready. I mean, there's a lot of gray boxing that happens. There's a lot of error mm -hmm. and bugs and shit that is yeah. there. And none of that's pretty. Uh, so you got to be you have to maximize the potential of the impression you're going to make on a new user or a new viewer. Uh, so we have to be very cognizant of this stuff that we show. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally understand that. I get it. You know, it, patience is not always a virtue, you know, for some it's, it's, it's tough to be patient when you're waiting for a game. I mean, some of us realistically understand, you know, I look at five yeah. years and I'm like, that's like my baseline for, that's like the baseline for me when you think about an MMO and development or, you know, just in general. So not everybody really thinks about that. And yeah, you're right. I think uh, I know about the dark period. I've even reflected on it, talked about like, man, even I was critical and everything, but you got to keep things in perspective. I think especially oh, yeah. when you really want this, but that's just my two cents. And I, I've definitely preached that gospel a lot of the time around here. So, you know, it's been, but yeah, man, I just wanted to say, I think that you've freaking been killing it. So it's awesome to, see all the yeah i mean this is the best thing about this is that so when you have that many people in the greater mmo community that 
now know about it, the word of mouth factor is, yeah. I mean, from a, from a marketing perspective, um, you know, when I think about games like MMOs and the launches that they have, I view them as this snowball. That's just like, mm. you know, when the development starts and, and the word starts getting out about what the game's about, you know, it slowly builds and it slowly builds. Mm. And having that snowball just continually roll it as we get into like phases like this, where, you know, here we released, you know, some pre-alpha footage last month that was 4K and people got to see the status of the game. Mm -hmm. um, and they get to, you know, get excited seeing this come to become a reality uh as opposed to you know what many thought was a, a pipe dream um <clears throat> it's mm -hmm. it's going to continue to grow so like what we're experiencing now i don't i don't think is at all indicative mm -mm. of what the status of hype will be nope. as the game enters beta and gets ready to launch like that that is going to be some different degree of octane that you know you rarely see i think in in game launch history so yeah. Uh, pretty excited for that. Yeah, it's good to hear because I've actually thought like, like a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's the Wild Killer." I was like, "Well, he doesn't have the perspective that that's the case." But I also kind of wonder if maybe he realizes the momentum this could have. So it's kind of good to hear because yeah, I think this has got the potential for for something great. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Eighty four. I have a, I have I have a question for you. What's what up, like, Hazel? What are you doing the, up this late? Should you be in bed or something? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm not gonna deny it. And uh, shouldn't, you be, shouldn't you be prone right now? I mean, isn't this the time where you're like laying flat on your show? Yes, yeah, it's yes, so it true. Is. He perked up just for you though. So, <laughs> look, I go down again. The way. <laughs> um, what's it called? I had a question for you. What was the hardest moment for you for the? three-year three development that we had so far the hardest you mean um, I would say the hardest thing I've had to deal with during this process is it's it's uh, I hate to say it but it, it acts as both fuel for me but also it can definitely be hurtful at times. Um, the most difficult thing probably for me is, is reading the just craziness that yeah. sometimes pops up on, on Reddit. You know, when you, when you go to work, you know, every day and you're seeing people mm -hmm. pour their passion and their heart out into working late ass nights, um, you know, and building, I mean, I imagine when this game launches, I'm going to be probably pretty fucking emotional. Yeah. But uh, when you watch people dedicate their, their time away from their families and their kids and they're working on this this game that that they want to deliver to a community to see the happiness and reflection from those people it's difficult sometimes to go and read the comments that are talking about you know this is a scam yeah. or you know yeah it's a yeah. pyramid scheme or you know shit like that that's yeah. that's even though i can understand it because i know what it's like to be an mmorpg player who's seen games in the past promise stuff and never deliver i i understand the skepticism it still doesn't make it any easier to read true yeah we get that my, my last question is from uh z's been nagging on me for this for a very long time uh will we ever or i like you don't really need to hint at this at all if you don't want to will we ever get the tapper mount a tapper you mean, mount? <laughs> you, you mean the tape yes. hit yes 
Yes, the tape here. Uh, I don't know <laughs> I, what that I, is. I, I mean, the, ta the tape here is a really cute, I think, um, uh, animal. It's kind of like a like a little pig elephant. Um, and uh, there, there definitely could be some similar type creatures that are possible through the animal husbandry system. Uh, but I would say the diversity that's going to exist within that profession it is going to need to be discovered. Uh, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. I'll just say that. Oh man, Z's in chat saying I can die peacefully. <laughs> I just want to also outline. I just want to also outline. This is an example of Faisal the social bunny. That's all I've got. Uh, God damn it. Damn. I, I can only do it with your bald head. I That's need right. your light to inspire me. That's right. <laughs> Bring the light of justice. But it's okay, man. Do you really expect any less from me? Come on. I mean, <laughs> you haven't done your light switch yet. Wait, what? Uh, not oof. today. Not today. I haven't gone dark side. No, not quite. Nah, Steven's here, no. man. The glorious Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> Can't go dark side. I mean, after dark's for another time. So we'll, we'll do that another time. But Steven, man, <laughs> appreciate you. What? Wait, what? Yeah. what? Nothing. I, I didn't mean to uh, to extend the show, by the no, way. You, no, you're good. No, you're good. I don't think anybody here has got a, you know, argument or anything against when Steven decides to crash the show. So, yeah, you're more than welcome anytime. <laughs> you know that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, for sure, man. I enjoy watching. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm going to hop off and keep watching. Absolutely. Thanks for joining Later, us. Later, guys. Thank you, Steven. Thanks, Steven. Thanks, Steven. You guys, all I have to uh, say is is Faisal's getting really low. <laughs> yes. I just want to ask. What's the... Sim, did you plan that? No, no, I didn't yeah, plan did. it. No, I didn't <laughs> either. Which part? Steven jumping on? No. Or just oh. you're, you're the mastermind. I'm not a mastermind. <laughs> what are you talking about? You guys ask... You're talking to me like I have a big plan. <laughs> I, I can see the light. Weird. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? <laughs> I can see the light coming on. I can see the light coming on. It's like, did I have a plan or, but, or did I? I said to wipe the, it's oil, man. It's a freshly shaven head. I shaved it today. That's all I can say. It's oh, light. You know what I know it's really funny is uh, my mom dropped by earlier <laughs> and one of my brothers, <laughs> one of my brothers was here and I, I haven't seen him in a little bit and he literally walked by and he just did this number to my head and I was like, what? And I like looked at him and he would, and he, no joke was like, he was like, he was like, it was just really shiny. I just wanted to, I just had to touch it. It looked so clean. <laughs> I was like, is this how we show our love now? Thanks, Baz. Thanks, bro. You know, jeez. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. If I was with you right now, I'd be tempted just to stroke it as well. But there we go. Maybe, maybe that can be a thing in Simpcon. Where we can all just go up and, and stroke Sims. Oh, this is getting. I, just, I would apply the baby powder. I don't know if there would be no. any stroking. Oh. oh God, no. look, man. No, no, no. If, if baby powder and baby oil aren't aren't going to be a thing, I'm gonna get my own supply. Don't worry about it, Sim. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think that's enough of the shenanigans. I feel a Pathfinder revolt happening. Right about now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. To, you know what? This is a it, talking about plans. I'm going to I'm going to now some of the people that were hanging out this week. know. Um, I've been contemplated about it for a while uh, and I have a website and I've been looking at I guess this is an announcement for all of you that were here this week when I talked about it with everybody that was kind of hanging out that day. Uh, got the domain already. 
you all know that my focus has always been theory crafting discussion, obviously discussions. Here we are and kind of analysis. That's kind of my thing. I did a about a month or so ago, I did a poll and kind of collected some data. And this year I've basically streamed every day. <clears throat> and if, if you're wondering why I have bags in my eyes, well, there's your answer every day. And it's given me some insight into what content really works the best for me and, and what you all really quite frankly, enjoy the most. And it, and it does come back to discussion analysis and theory crafting. And, uh, with that being said, I got the domain and right now it's under construction and it, and I'm hoping to have it like showcase in some form soon, the forms of the first of many steps. And, uh, well, what is it, Sam? What is it? asheshq.com it's a thing i've already got the domain it's being set up now i've got some people in place to help me in terms of content mm -hmm. uh people to help me in terms of moderation a little bit if you're interested you're more than welcome to drop me a dm it's going to be community kind of focused and run and a hub for you theory crafters lore crafters um contributors in the greater greater ashes of creation community uh if you're going like what's the thing you're looking for well it's not a duplicate of it, but you guys remember Tank Spot? That was a great time back in the World of Warcraft days. It's kind of like what Tank Spot would be for Ashes of Creation, only, you know, in the in the form you would expect seeing me do it. Tank Spot was a beautiful resource for like raiding, dungeons, crafting characters. Some of the best builds I ever came up with weren't the ones that everybody else used. It they were the ones that 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 just beacon of light as a paladin uh, on those forums would be sharing with their other theory crafters. I remember people who had these compendiums and I learned so much for, and I want a place for those people to just come cultivate all of their ideas. Um, and you all actually also know another purpose of the Pathfinder show. Once the game gets into launches, taking the, the greater stories over these different servers, this meta story, if you will, for these different realities of Vera and taking the different stories that unravel or unfold rather on these different servers. And we're going to bring that together and cultivate that here on the Pathfinder show with different people sharing their experiences and stuff like that. At least that's the goal. And of course, Ashes HQ is going to be the hub for all of these things. So you can't actually find it. You can bookmark it. It isn't up yet, but I'll let people know when it is. Everyone will know. And I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so if you've liked what these shows are about, you're definitely going to like it there. So, um, and with that being said, friends, it's been a hell of a week. Steven, always a pleasure to have him on. Uh, yeah, was not expected. The last time wasn't really expected either. Um, you know, I'd asked him if he wanted to jump on with us the last time. And, uh, you know, he hit me up randomly one day, like five minutes before the show the show was going to start. And he's like, hey, I can jump on. I'm like, ah, okay, cool. Didn't really prepare a Q&A for this, but let's just have fun. And it's always a pleasure, Steven. And gentlemen... It's always a pleasure. And as, if you couldn't tell, it's about that time. If you're watching this live here on Twitch, uh, Faisal, I can only really see his eyebrows. Um, so, gentlemen, I'm going to let you go in and <laughs> let you go in ahead and shout out your domains, where people can find you in terms of the content you produce and where you're hanging out with the Ashes fam, uh, Daedalus. All right. You can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Ashen Herald. And Faisal. Our social bunny. You guys can find me on Twitch, Faisal108, and on Twitter, Bagel108. All right. And uh, Wondering Mist. 
You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is Wandering Mist on YouTube. I put up weekly MMORPG-related discussion videos. Um, and aside from that, you can find me on the Ashes official Discord and the Ashes official forums with the same name. And ladies and gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to go ahead and shout out the number. You can leave a message for the show or any of us here or the studio, the game, obviously. Steven listens from time to time. Uh, the number is 1539-664-6801. Sometimes we'll play them live. Uh, also, you can leave a comment on any of the YouTube videos. The VODs go live the next day. The show is live at 5 p.m. CDT on Sundays here on my channel. Uh, goes tonight in audio format to the podcast places. Uh, you can join our Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder to catch up for when everything's live. We also retweet stuff from Ashes of Creation to keep you in the know. And... As always, friends, it's been a pleasure. I'm some more your host, Phoenix. I'm going to try to go by Phoenix more regularly for reasons in the future. But AKA, some more. You guys have a great week. We will catch you next time. Have a great week, friends. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.